Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Heyo! Welcome into the TFA Dino Show. Tom and I are back for another divisional preview. Today, we are talking the AFC East. Tom, before we dive into the goodies, how the hell are you? Heyo! What's up, Roberto? I missed you, man. You know what? I'm good. Because before we do our divisional preview, we have some news from training camp. Oh, and you know what? Good news. That's exciting to me because there's football out there. There's football being played. So, Robbie, we have the start of training camp. Players reported. When does football season start for you? Football season is starting for me. And, Tom, that is a great question of the week because I feel like there's different segments that you could put that in. You know, I actually, you know, here's how I'm going to answer it. Football season starts after I do my home league draft. Normally it's like that preseason week three, um, you know, how we only have three preseason games this year other than the Cowboys and Steelers. They have four. So it's a little bit different this year, but I'd say basically when your draft happens, your home league draft, whether that's like mid August, late August, whenever, like that's when you're like, okay, my team's ready. I'm ready to watch my, you know, your favorite team for you, Eagles, me, Cowboys, and I'm ready to watch my fantasy teams start collecting those points how about yourself you know that's a that's a really good answer because it's very similar for me too like week one it's it's a tiered approach right it's just like it's getting you back into the swing you get preseason you watch like the first quarter of two teams you don't really have interest in for most people and then you're like all right football's back on but who who the fuck is this guy I, i don't even know what the hell's going on um But luckily they got rid of a preseason game, so we won't have that as much. Like that week four preseason game was the worst. But um, the draft. But for me, it is when we get a lot more of the betting lines being updated for that week one game. 
uh, that's when football, like when I can bet on like a player prop or something like that for that Thursday night game. I'm excited. And that Thursday night, whenever they do that, you know, they bring the, the banner comes down and all that jazz. That's fun for me. That's football. But that first Sunday, it's, it should be a holiday. I know most of us have off anyway, but it should be a damn holiday because I don't. I'm not doing anything except football that day. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it should be a holiday. Um, you, you mentioned Sunday, and I kind of like, feel like Sunday night. Once you see the Chris Collinsworth slide right next to Al Michaels, and he just starts telling you how pumped up he is to be back for another good season. And he's mm-hmm. so excited for these two teams to just get it rocking, get it going. I think it are. No, Cowboys and Bucks are on the Thursday to kick off. Thursday. Right? Who's on the first yep. Sunday night? Do you know? So that's the Bears Rams this year. So it's like, yay. Collingsworth's going to slide. He's like, oh, man, these two guys out here. I love these guys. Jared Goffey, who's still on the team, but now he's gone. And Matt Stafford's there now. Ooh, wait. And I'll tell you, Matt Stafford, Clayton Kershaw, he told us about this pre production meeting and Andy Dalton. Oh, my Lord. And the Young Buck. Justin Fields, he's coming here. They traded up. Can't believe he fell. Gave up a lot to get him. Oh, man, you guys have a lot to look forward to, Chicago. Your quarterback problems are over, I promise. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think we need to do a Chris Collinsworth segment every episode. (laughs) I'm literally crying. I had to mute the mic. Oh, my gosh. That was epic. That was legendary. Yes, that's exactly what he would do. Um, he would get you pumped up for just the most mediocre. He should do Thursday nights. You know what I mean? When you just have the worst matchups on Thursday, you put Chris Collinsworth by himself. Just let him talk to himself. Uh, that would be perfect. Oh, man. Dante Culpepper came out of retirement for tonight's game. He looks good, doesn't he? So I'm <laughs> golfing, too. Great putter. Oh, my gosh. Tom, we got to move into some news, or we can just continue to do this the rest of the podcast. I don't care. Either way. Uh, we've had some news finally. Like you said, uh, football is back and we've had some movement. I don't know if you saw that Aaron Rodgers press conference, but dude, it was actually super entertaining. Like it was uh, a little bit tenacious. There was a lot of things sprinkled into his words, but he actually kind of just outright said how he felt. And I thought that was really, like as a guy who's never really liked Aaron Rodgers that much, like I kind of was like, man, I just respect the hell out of him just saying, you know what? Not really stoked about the front office, but here's why I came back. And I don't know. You need to watch it if you haven't seen it because it was fantastic. So I read a lot of the, the quotes and everything. And when he comes out and he basically said, yeah, no, they tried to give me more money. And that's not what it was about. And you're just like, you heard reports of that. And so with that interview, you heard a lot of truths about what was being reported with that, which isn't really a lot of times they don't get that stuff right. It's a lot of like half truths. And it seemed like that camp was putting a lot of stuff out there that was accurate or whoever the hell was doing it. But, um, yeah, no, he doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck, man. It's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, he called them out for doing leaks. He was basically saying, you know, during this process, you know, I'm all about, you know, behind closed doors, you know, that's why we had some silence. I believe sometimes that's great. Um, you know, the leaks came out. I can promise you they didn't come from me and my representation is, is, is sworn to me that it hasn't come from them. And then he went on to basically say, I don't get the, the, the advantage it puts uh, the organization in to leak this out about me and leak this out about that. And I was like, man, he's just like going in. Like it's a Packers podium. There's a Packers background and he's trashing the front office, but he's also saying, 
the truth, which I bet he, he actually feels is like, I really love this city. I, I love the fan base. You know, I love my teammates, you know, like yeah. screw these guys in the front office. Like, no. And he even used like, not like serious things, but he was basically just saying the, the, the best thing he said is hey, how is your relationship with the GM? And he said, professional and one word answer. That's it. Yeah. Professional. And that's doing that is the best thing that he probably could have done because he just, everybody, you know, Everybody is thinking that that front office is on the hot seat because of what happened. Aaron Rodgers literally just put him there. So with the Eagles, the media and all the fans thought that Howie Roseman had a chance of getting fired. He had no chance of getting fired. Now, when Rodgers, the marquee player, comes out and basically calls you out, you better believe that that dude is on the hot seat, man. It's not. It's no joke anymore. It's not just oh, it was just a rumor. It wasn't true. Aaron Rodgers literally said it. So, pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was funny because basically he's calling out all these older guys that he played with, and he feels like the organization treated wrong. You know, Jordy. They let him go to Oakland. Um, they talked about. He talked about um, Charles Woodson. He talked about um, a couple of different guys and Randall Cobb. And someone tweeted out. They said. Man, Greg Jennings just just absolutely ready to punch air right now at, at watching this press conference because there's like no mention of Greg Jennings. I'm like, I forgot that name. That's true. What about, me? What about say me? Because he say went to me. the Vikings late and then just oh, fell yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, and you know who else fell off after they left the Packers? Randall Cobb, but he's back. He is back, and that leads off the news. So he's traded to the Packers to replace him, sort of. Anthony Miller is traded to the Texans. And then the last piece of news, Michael Thomas is put on the reserve slash PUP uh, by the Saints. You know, he's expected to miss a month or two. It's really kind of – it almost gives me, like, throwback to last year where you're like, oh, he's going to come back, and then he didn't. Oh, he's going to play this week, and then he didn't. It took him so long to get back. And then when he did, he wasn't his full self. So I'm interested to see where people draft him and redraft because – I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him until past week eight, honestly. Yeah, and I think he had the surgery in June. June. Yeah, Sean Payton's pissed. He was like, this, this should why be done. The f- yeah, why the hell did he wait that long and get it done? You know, he kind of did stuff like this last year, didn't he? Like, wasn't he, like, purposely, like, not coming back or not doing certain things it's, to get back on the field? And then he, So like, it, fe- it felt like that during the season. Right. Like, to put a surgery off, like, what was your plan? You're going to work out, rest it, rehab, and then in junior, like, it's not working? Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Last year, we thought him and Drew Brees were beefing. That's exactly you know? what I was going to bring up, is that that's why but, I thought he was doing some of that. He didn't want to uh, play with Drew Brees, and then he, you know, got over it. I think they, they made nice, and he came back. But, you know, he's doing the same antics again this year, it seems – with not having the surgery until June. Yeah, so who the hell knows about him? He's going to wind up – he'll fall in, in redraft leagues, and his his value in Dynasty is just plummeting. It's funny because, like, if you're in Scott Fishbowl, Michael Thomas was – he was moving up a lot, like right around the time when that draft was going on, where he was going in the fourth, fifth rounds in a lot of drafts that I saw. I think he went in the fourth in mine. Um so he's, he was gaining a lot of steam. And then the next thing you know, you're just like, pow, ping, bye balloon. You're dead. Oh, man, Michael Thomas didn't get his, his surgery till June. That's all right. He's going to look great in, in uh, February. 
Oh, man. I think you said who the hell knows with that guy. That's how I feel about this division, Tom, is who the hell knows. That's our tagline for AFC East. Who the hell knows with all of these questions. We are previewing this division, and, man, I will tell you, there's a lot of question marks and a lot of positions. But let's start off with who you think is going to be the potential league winner in this division uh, for your fantasy teams. Who's the guy that can help you win um, in, in this division? You know, if you're talking about value, I mean, you can sit there and you can say Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, and they're the easy ones. I'm going to say I'm going to go with Tua. Ooh, okay. Because yeah. you're going to get a really good value with him. He's going late, um, QB 16, I believe. And I think he's going to give you a top 12 season. So we're going to get into him a little bit more often, so I'm not going to expound more. But I think Tua can can win you some legs this year. I, um, on the other hand, will expound on this guy, even though we might talk about him later, because you say we can get Tua late. You know who we can get even later than Tua? A guy named Cam Newton. No offseason, changed teams, had COVID, missed a game, had no weapons, like zero weapons, and still finishes QB 16 last season. Now he's going as QB 32. QB 32, like literally – you can't get much lower than that as a starting quarterback, right? Math's not my strong suit, 32 teams, I think. And he's just being absolutely put way too far down. This guy is a QB1 when he plays, and, and I get it. people are worried about the, the rookie coming in, but I don't think Mac Jones starts for at least the first half of the season. And if Cam shows well, he might not play the entire year. So uh, if, if you see what he was able to do with this team and bring them to 7-9, and nine, uh, last season, remember how many opt-outs they had? Their defense was crushed. They were not the 2019 Patriots defense. Uh, and now they get some defensive players back, right? Dante Hightower. Uh, they, they pick up a couple of edge guys in free agency. So I think this team will be better. They'll be above 500. And Cam Newton will be a top 12 quarterback. Yeah. Are we doing bold takes? Uh, I don't think so. But we kind of are as well. Uh, uh. He's going as QB32. Like, you can literally just get him at the last pick of your draft, and he can yeah, be a, a, a QB. There's a, reason, there's a reason that you put trash in a trash can. You don't <laughs> just pick a, a used banana peel up out and try and eat it. It's not tasty. He had a 2.2 touchdown rate, which was the lowest of his career by, like, two percentage points. So that's bound to come back, especially with Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry now on the team. He's got a couple of weapons. Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar are a little bit better than the the trash that he had last year. (laughs) So he improves a little bit with the wire series, but improves a lot. He he literally has the best tight end duo in the NFL. And he had 2.2 touchdown rate. Imagine if that just goes up to four. Let's not do anything crazy. Below league average goes up to four. That's like another five or six touchdowns. He's literally going to be a a top eight QB. Zach Ertz is still an eagle. Who? Zach Ertz. So Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard apparently are the number one tight end group. No. Take off the green. (laughs) Take off the green. (laughs) Oh, they're a mess. No, man. All right. Let's let's go on to the top finishers at at each position. So let's. uh, I I think, you know, Cam Newton you have going as the – Top quarterback in the division, I'm guessing. Man, I want to, but I can't. Josh Allen. Same. Uh, wide receiver. Let's go. Who you got? Stefan. Right. Tight end. 
Tight end. Now this one gets a little interesting. I'm going to stick with your guy, Mike mm-hmm. Isicki. I think Hunter Long is a little bit of, of a danger there in the weapons they brought in, but I think he gets enough and he, he increases his touchdowns. I think he is safe for another year. Yeah, agree. Uh, and running back. Dude, Do this it. is this is where it's wide open. Do it. It's not. Do it. Well, it's Michael Carter. Yeah. But it's also a wide open race. Like you could tell me it's anybody, and I'd be like, okay. It's not. But it's not Michael. Man, pumped Michael up about Carter's some Michael Carter. Crush them. He's going to get into him. We're going to get into him in a little bit. Let's talk some Miami Dolphins. So Tua currently is right on that fringe, right outside top 12 in Dynasty. Will he be a top 12 Dynasty QB at the end of this season? Oh, yeah. I think uh, he's got the age going for him, so they can't be biased as far as, you know, his age bias. He's got that, you know, he's coming off the hip injury. That was a horrible injury. He's got another year under his belt. Not a rookie anymore, so the coaches are going to trust him. They went out, they got him weapons to actually stretch the field. That, you know, offense works the way I think it's going to. He, he's by far one of my favorite buy low guys going at QB sixteen. Um, a lot of upside. You talked about Mike Gusecki. You go out, you get those weapons to stretch the field. Underneath is going to be wide open, uh, and then <laughs> he can go down the field too. So if you're going to start just using Jalen Waddle on slants and, and everything else and just a bunch of crossing routes and stuff, then Mike Kosecki is going to be wide open. Somebody's going to be open there. So I'm really excited about that offense overall. I think he can be top 10 this year. And, yeah, two of baby. Go get some. I think it is a really similar situation to Cam Newton, right? So he doesn't have an offseason. He's coming off injury just like Cam. Um, he is with a new team, right? It's his first team, but it's a new team, right, to him. Um he doesn't have many weapons, right? He has Devontae Parker. Mike Kosecki, obviously, we, we enjoy as a, a top 10-ish tight end. Um, but now he has actual weapons. He is the incumbent. He is the starter. It's not he's splitting reps with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who's going to start this week? Who's going to start next week? It's him. It's his team. And he has Waddle. He has Will Fuller. He has Gusecki. Um, you know, he has the weapons that I think that we can see some of the talent that we saw at the college level. So, I'm really excited about Tua as well. A lot of people kind of moved off of him after last year, and I think that window's probably closed because I think people are starting to get excited about his weapons again this year. But I still think, like you think, that we are underrating him. Um, I believe I have him as QB12. Um, so right there is a QB1 for Dynasty. And, and I think you mentioned he was QB16. Is that where he is in DLF? Yeah. Yeah. So I am higher than him, higher on him than consensus. So, yeah, I'm pumped up about it. And a reason for that is that wide receiver room. But the big question is, Tom, how's that? How's that wide receiver room break down with that target share? Because we have the aforementioned Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, who is on the pup list currently. Preston Williams also on the pup list, and then Mike Kosicki, Hunter Long, their new third round tight end. How are all these targets going to break down? Because that's a conundrum for me. So Will Fuller suspended for the first game, so I'm not going to count that for him. I did percentages. I think it's going to be pretty even because that's the way the offense is going to be built. Uh, I think Will Fuller is going to lead that team in targets, you know, as long as he stays healthy. Hopefully the roids weren't what was keeping him healthy and what have you, but uh, or whatever he was on. It's, it's perfectly fine. I don't know what he was doing. You know, it could have been something in creatine. Who knows? Um, 
So Fuller, I have him at 22%. I have Waddle at 18%. I think he's going to get a lot more targets. And I think people are discounting how good he is at slot routes and underneath routes. And they think he's just going to be running go routes. And that's not what he is. So I think he's going to get more targets than people are giving him credit for. I thought have Parker at 16% and then Gusecki at 14%. The rest of the guys I didn't um, didn't do. You can round that out if you want. I don't know if you did it by percentage, if you did it by overall number, or what you did. No, as, as the projections guy, this is actually one team I haven't got to. So LOL, uh, I don't have all of the hard stats that you have. But honestly, I, I think kind of along the same lines as you, I think Will Fuller is probably the lead on a per-game target basis, but also he's the highest injury risk. And it's, right. it's kind of ironic because there's two guys in this wide receiver room that are already on the pup, and he's not one of them. But I do think he's the higher injury risk. So if you ask me who I want to take first in a redraft, I'm probably taking Jalen Waddle. But if, if, if I've built – uh, you know, a solid core where I have three wide receivers. Maybe I, I went wide receiver heavy kind of in the first, you know, five or six rounds. And now I'm at that round six, seven area. I might take that swing on Will Fuller actually, because he's that boom bust kind of guy each week. And if you have a, a solid three that you're leaning on and, and Will Fuller is just that guy that you're putting in for a good matchup, um, that might make more sense from a redraft perspective. But I mean, obviously long-term, I think we're looking at Jalen Waddle as that, that piece. So I do think he in, in the long run will have the, the bigger target share, but this, this year it's probably Will Fuller for as long as he can be healthy with Mike Gusecki working in as that, that third receiving target. So you think Gusecki gets a higher target percentage than Devonte Parker? I do. I just think that that team was like, well, Parker's the only show in town. And now look what they've done to show that, Hey, our wide receivers weren't cutting it. We brought in two weapons here, not just, you know, not just one. Um, I know they just resigned him to to a new deal, but I just don't think they want Devontae Parker to be their number one, and he's not a number one, to be honest with you. So I do think he falls down in the pecking order, especially if he doesn't start the year off healthy uh, and he's missing some of this time in the training camp portion with Tua. Yeah, I have him and Kiseki pretty close because it's sure, for, tight, sure. for for you know tight ends in general to get a ton of targets, so – that's why I have them pretty close. I obviously like Gusecki more. So, uh, but yeah, I have Parker just as that wide receiver three. But you know what? If everything is open underneath and Gusecki's just going to be running, you know, wild, then have at it, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm here for the Gusecki train. Still, I'm still on it. Good. I, I would hate to see you jump off board. I'm actually starting to get on board a little bit more because people are getting scared off by Hunter Long, who. Honestly, I'm not really that worried about. Like, let's let's pump the brakes with Hunter Long. BC, you know, did really well. Had a, had a nice little collegiate career, but um, I think we saw Mike Gusecki as an athlete uh, in his first couple seasons, and now we've seen him have a a, a breakout year. And so I'm excited to see um, him at, with more weapons around where they can't just focus on him and then Devonte Parker for him being the number one. Right? Air quotes for those listening on pod version. I don't. I just don't think that he had the the, the full. Just hey, one on one. Nobody else is is worrying about covering me over the top. They have to worry about the Will Fullers, the Jalen Waddles. I think Mike Kosicki, like you've been saying, can eat down the middle. Let's see. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's move on over to the Buffalo Bills, where we got to discuss this running back room and the battle between one Zach Moss at running back 34 in DLF and then Devin Singletary running back 43 in DLF. And... You know, I'm just going to kick it off first because I've, I've talked about this a couple times. I know Kevin and I see this differently, but I just don't get why people think Zach Moss is the better running back. He is the goal line back, and I think that is there's something to be said about that. He will probably score more goal line touchdowns and, and more rushing touchdowns than Devin Singletary because that's never been Devin Singletary's forte, and that's literally the only forte for Zach Moss. He is In a that, bruiser. He is so a short yardage guy, right? It's funny that you say that, that he's never been, you know, that goal line guy in the pros. In college, he had what, like 28 touchdowns that one year? And he had a shit oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he knows FAU. how to get in. And that's the funny part is whenever he, whenever I hear, oh, Devin Singletary can't get in because he's small, I was like, I, I mm, well, right. he FAU, can. He was an absolute phenom uh, finding the end zone. But yeah. – have to have to fast forward to kind of the couple of seasons we've seen so far. And that hasn't been his game, partly because of Josh Allen, partly because that's, that's just not um, what he does at, at, at so far what we see. But what he does do is he's just a per carry uh, average better than, than Zach Moss. He just gets more yards per carry, more yards per touch. So both receiving and rushing. And then he's the clear passing downs back. And it's not even close. Zach Moss had 18 targets. Devin Singletary, 50 targets. Like it's it's night and day different. So if you're telling me you're in a PPR league and you got both these guys, it's Singletary and, and let's let's say even Zach Moss scores, you know, seven to eight rushing touchdowns and Singletary's down at like four. Those those four touchdowns are gonna get blown away by the reception, just the receptions, let alone the reception um, yardage and any touchdowns he gets um, on that part of the game. So I will take Singletary because I do think he's actually the better talent. And he's the receiver back. Yeah, I have Singletary as well, but this is just gross. Um, I'm staying away. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, when you're talking about where these guys are going, though, like we're, we're talking about like the James Connors of the world, the Damian Harris's of the world. Honestly, a lot of guys in this division, right? We were just talking about, you know, how this division, we're not sure who could be the running back one at the end of the year uh, for the AFC East. A lot of these guys have a ton of question marks. And so if you're, you're telling me someone who had a good collegiate production, um, they're on a really high profile offense. They're going to catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, they're going to get decent yards. He had 4.4 yards per carry. I believe it was even better his rookie year. Um, they have a good line. I, I think the bills addressed their line with two tackles drafted um, in, in this NFL draft. So I don't know. I just think Singletary could be a really good, like he's not your starter, but he's the guy that you're putting in for bye weeks and injuries. I'm absolutely fine with him being there as my running back, probably four, right? Um, I think it's definitely a spot where he shines for your team. Four or five. I'm there. What about – Let's move on, though, because I have a bunch of, like, puke buildup in my mouth. Yeah, we'll move on to a little bit uh, brighter topic, and that's the uh, passing game for the Bills, which is much more exciting. And and who do you think is going to be the wide receiver two behind Stephon Diggs? Because we have John Brown leave, Emmanuel Sanders come in, 
Beasley still there now on the wrong side of 30. And we have Gabe Davis, young stud coming in. Um, Isaiah Hodgins is somewhere down that depth chart. I got to give a little shout out. Cody and I loved him coming out. But who do you have as the wide receiver two in this offense? So I'm going to go with COVID Cole Beasley right here. Um, You know, as long as (laughs) – got him. As long as he doesn't get his ass cut for running his mouth, which, by the way, Beasley is just straight up daring the Bills to cut him. It's it's insanity. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, but on the field, he was the wide receiver 27 last year, and he missed a game to injury. So on fantasy points per game, he was a little bit higher. Average 13.8 fantasy points a game. Extension of the running game, running shorter routes, essentially. I really want to say Gabe Davis – but Beasley is just old, reliable, man. Give me that Gabe Davis, Tommy. Give me that there Gabe Davis. Let's go. I get, listen, I gave you the I want to say it. Like, I really want it to be. But you know what? Beasley's just that guy who goes out. He gets you points. You don't like him. You don't like that he's in your lineup as your wide receiver three as, or as your flex. But he's still getting you 12, 13 points a, a week because he's safe. And then he has weeks where, you know, he's got a touchdown or two and it's even better. So he's yeah. that guy that's like five for 70, six for 80. And then he mixes a touchdown here and there where he's not sexy at all, but throughout the course of a season, he's going to wind up being a, a wide receiver three, a mid wide receiver three, probably. You know, what's funny is that that's who he was with the Cowboys. And then last year, the bills decided to throw the hell out of the football and yeah. he's actually that guy that's like eight for 93, 10 for 105. Yeah. Like he honestly started having these games. You're like, wait, he has 14 targets. Wait, he has 15 targets. What the hell is going on here? And, yeah. and, and while he's the, the kind of the PPR machine, he's going to get more targets, more receptions. I think he's also a guy that's going to slowly dial it back year by year, just slowly fade year by year. And this is where Gabe Davis, like we look at sophomore wide receivers each year and they kind of take off right they have good rookie years like we saw it with dk metcalf we saw it with terry mclaurin we saw it with aj brown they had nice you know about a hundred targets under you know right right around there uh you know a handful of good touchdowns five to seven some good yardage and then boom their sophomore year they just break out they just take that level up and i see the same kind of trend with gabe davis where he scores seven touchdowns, only on 62 targets, so he does really well there. Could that regress? Sure. Could he get more than 62 targets? Absolutely going to. Um, 17 yards per reception. So this guy's going down the field um, with, with his catches. And I just think that he is primed for what Josh Allen does well, is throw it deep and throw touchdowns. And, and so if we're looking at a guy that can just increase his target share, get more receptions, he already has the the, the efficiency on his plate. It's just, can he get more volume? And I think he does get more volume. John Brown out. Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to suck up all of those targets. Some of it's going to go to uh, Gabe Davis. Cole Beasley had a ton of targets last year. Maybe some of it, let's take off of that five to 10% move him over to Gabe Davis. I think he's absolutely going to crush and he's way undervalued right now. Yeah. I mean, when Josh Allen throws the ball almost 36 times a game, there is a whole lot of room for multiple players to have, good year so i can definitely see gabe davis doing it <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch i mean beasley had 107 targets last year that offense is just it's fun 
And then you have Stefan Diggs out there just being like, oh, by the way, I got 20 targets. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, Al. These oh, guys man, are just going to throw it all over. Behind Stephon Diggs. It's so good. Oh, Cole Beasley's out here being like <laughs> snorting on everything. It doesn't even matter. Not wearing a mask. I'm perfectly fine. I'm healthy. Let's get in there. All right. I'm not forfeiting shit. <laughs> we have to move on to the New York football Jets. And the guy, Zach Wilson, my guy, I really enjoyed watching his college tape uh, as, as I prepared to kind of view these rookies and slot them into the rankings. And he's a guy that I feel like is kind of washed down a little bit, right? Like he's the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, you, he's the QB2 right behind Trevor Lawrence, right? But now he's sitting as QB4 in this class behind a field, Justin Fields, behind a Trey Lance. And his ADP in DLF is actually all the way down to QB18, you know, what What are your feelings on Zach Wilson? Are you kind of with the mainstream where, yeah, he, he's good, but he's with this this team, this situation, we have to wait and see? Or do you think he's undervalued, overvalued? What do you got? So if we are just ranking them as far as, like, this class, which is what the question is, he's QB4, man, and it comes down to the landing spots for the other three guys. Trevor Lawrence is one, easy. And then you have Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who both have better landing spots. And if you have the talent being as close as I, I did and a lot of people did, then you know what? I'm going to go with the better landing spots. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about how the offense is going to necessarily run. Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator there. Came over from San Fran. You know, we'll see, man. We're, we're going to see. But I have him at four, so I'm kind of chalked. That's not really a, a fun question for me. Sorry, guys. So oh nice. man, Zach Wilson though, man. His mom's only 36 years old, so it's fine. No, she's not, is she? She's 33. Who am I? I have no idea. <laughs> but he looks like he's 12 years old, man. That's fair. That's fair. Uh do you, do you remember him on draft night where like literally like Jamar Chase and all these other guys are just like throwing up signs and like you know, giving the giving the business to the camera, and he's just like looking around like mom, you gotta pick me up right now. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, his, his nervous Nelly. With his prom photo before the draft. Oh, dude. That came out. I'm just like, really? No. It looks way. like it, it looked like an NHL draft. Have you ever watched an NHL draft, man? Because they're so uh dude, they're drafted right out of high school. So it's insane. Got Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of the the I feel like the lone man in the boat here on Zach Wilson is too low, guys. Like yeah, I get it. I have Justin Fields higher than Zach Wilson in my rookie rankings. I think he is a better talent. I think at the end of the day, he will be a better dynasty asset, but it's very close. And then you you know my feelings on Trey Lance. Not everybody else will, but I do think he is a bit overrated. But the problem is this. Zach, Zach Wilson is starting week one. He's going to be out on the field, and we don't, we don't have that guarantee with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. We don't know if they're starting week one. Probably neither of them are going to start week one. Week four, week six, week 10, this entire season, maybe for Lance, if the the 49ers are doing well with Jimmy Garoppolo, those are legitimate concerns. And so if you're telling me, uh, hey, can this guy gain value? Can he show you something like a Justin Herbert did last year, who people weren't very high on? They, they kind of had him a l- little bit lower. Like, can he do something like that? I think absolutely he has the arm talent to do that. Uh, he makes smart decisions. He can run the football too, and I think that gets forgotten sometimes. 
So I do have him higher than QB 18 in DLF, and I do think he's higher than QB 4 in this class. I have him at QB 3, which is obviously just splitting hairs there, but um, I do think he will have a, a better than expected season. I, I feel like people have the Jets taste in their mouth for, from the, the, the Jets of old with Adam Gase, and it's, and it's a new – it's a new Jets organization, right? It's a new front front staff, a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, right? It's new. So let's let's take it for what it is. It's a new team. Let's see him succeed. Yeah, no. I, I'm looking forward to the Jets not being horrible um, just because I, I live in the Philadelphia, New York metropolitan area. I work in an area where there's a lot of Giants fans and a lot of Jets fans, and beating on Jets fans has just been like kicking a man when he's down. Do you want to talk about Corey Davis? Yeah, let's talk about Corey Davis. All right, we're going to talk, about, talk Corey about Corey Davis. Davis. No, we're going to talk about Corey Davis right now. Corey Davis gets paid, and then everyone forgets about him. He is wide receiver 53 in DLF ADP. Do you believe he'll be a top 36 wide receiver this year? You know, he should have the volume to do so. I think he has the volume to be a top 30 guy, personally. We have a new offensive coordinator coming from San Fran, Mike LaFleur, who I mentioned earlier. I think Davis is going to be in really good position to gain some yards after the catch. Clear number one wide receiver there. Elijah Moore has not quite, you know, had his coming out party. You have Jamison Crowder, who will be really good for a couple weeks until he inevitably gets hurt. You know, I I think Elijah Moore is going to help take pressure off of him in the slot, but Davis is the go-to guy here. Keelan Cole's there. You know, it's just – it's the Corey Davis show for me there. And Zach Wilson is going to find one guy that he's going to lead on, and he's the vet there. And, you know, I think that's going to be his guy. Corey Davis and Zach Wilson, that's going to be his guy, man. It's not going to be any tight ends. No, Ugh. God, no. Get out of here with the Chris Herndon love, Kevin Steele. Get wow. out of here. Running with the twos. Running with the twos. My entire Behind Croft. Tyler Croft. Croft. Shame. 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 So here's what's interesting about the Jets. They have a trash defense. Their, bre- <laughs> their best, their breast, their best defensive secondary person is a guy named Bryce Callahan. Everybody thinks that Zach Wilson is, is right here, right? He, he's in the middle. That's fine. What if he throws it 635 times this year, right? Like what if they have to throw because their defense is horrendous? And Corey Davis just is is by de facto getting 12 targets. Get, well, 12 targets a little bit much. He's getting an average of like eight and a half, nine targets. Is that outlandish? Eight and a half, nine targets? No. Because if this team has to throw, let's say, 36 times a game, that's where the Bills were at, but that's because they're good and that's the type of offense they run. If this team is even close to that because of the defense and how horrid it is, these guys are going to get a lot of volume, like you're saying, like Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. Um, who we're else? missing one, one main component here who's going to get a lot of targets and he's going to win people some leagues as well. Michael, Michael Carter. Carter. Yep. There he Michael is. Michael Carter. Uh, 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 uh. I have in our bold prediction show coming up, I may include Michael Carter, and I don't even think it's bold. Ooh. Go bolder then. Go bolder. Spicy. I. Spicy. 
we need people to to let us know like what should be like the levels like we need to have like okay this is mild sauce sriracha yes. Yes. ghost peppers that's what i'm talking about that's i was trying to think of the sauces the sauces but yeah i think we need to have some different levels and then we'll rank the other person will rank the, how how hot your take was right but we will okay. save that for when we get into uh hot takes we do not want to spoil all of those lovely things coming soon to a podcast near you next we're going to move to the new england patriots and damian harris has gotten so much buzz this offseason i feel like it was you know sony 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 you knew i was on the train i got fooled over and over again and now damian harris is the new love of the land and he kind of seems like he's the guy this year are you buying it are, are you trying to acquire him in dynasty what are your feelings on one damian harris as far as being on the patriots what other running backs do we have there i mean we have ramondre ugh. sony ugh. who's the, who else we got there now james mf and white Oh well, James White. That's James White's going to be James White. That's he's just gonna James White going to be James White. You know. But you know what? Damian Harris can go out have a thousand yards and you know eight touchdowns with zero re- with zero receptions. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I know that's not. I'm not saying. My point is, he can go out and he can rush for seventy yards a game, because that's what that average is. Advice to dynasty players. Oh, here we go. Avoid Bill Belichick backfields because I have now oh, yeah. been burned. First round draft pa- draft capital. Bill Belichick's never drafted somebody so early. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be used. He's going to be the bell cow. Nope. They just have too many backs year in, year out, where they want to rotate them. They want to use them all. None of them stay healthy. Rex Burkhead, Kevin Falk, uh, Lawrence Maroney, going oh, back all the way. Yes multiple years there's just never a guy and there never will be with bill belichick i am off on damian harris i have him nowhere i would sell him if i had him just get him off your team because he might be the guy for a couple games <laughs> give him three weeks and everyone's gonna be loving him and then you need to get out because he will not be the guy long term because they don't have a guy they have never. a committee they always want a committee they always have had a committee that is the patriot way there won't be a guy that we want they want a committee so much that they drafted Sony Michelle instead of Nick Chubb. That's how much they want a committee in New England. That's a conspiracy theory, and I'm in. All right, I'm in too. All right, speaking of conspiracy theories, can you pick a wide receiver from the Patriots that you actually like and why? No, because that's a conspiracy theory. There is none. There's no <laughs> such thing as a favorite wide receiver that I like. No, okay, here's the thing. I am going to put my – fist in my mouth because I trashed on Cam Newton's weapons last year. But if I'm going to be honest with you, I think my favorite wide receiver to take a shot on this year is still Jacoby Meyer because of his repertoire with Cam Newton. He did look good at times, even though the passing offense didn't look great. And I think with the tight end weapons that are going to soak up a lot of the attention, right? Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, both athletic, Johnny a lot more athletic, but both guys to keep the defense honest, right, for whatever the hell that means. Jacoby Myers, I think, is the main benefactor um, for Cam Newton um, over guys like Nelson Aguilar, over Kendrick Bourne, over whoever the hell they have. Gunnar Oshevsky, did I I pronounce that name right? 
Gunner, yes. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Dad jokes. Uh, hey, so yeah, I am a Jacoby Meyer guy, but I'm not putting money on that. Don't don't hold me to that. <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, yeah, if I'm doing anybody, it's going to be the guy who got paid, what, $14 million for a year? <laughs> per uh, year? year? Aguilar? Oh. He got fourteen was million it, a year. Wasn't it fourteen or thirteen million dollars? You're high as a kite. There's I'm no sorry. way. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, his contract is bonkers. And then eleven, 11 mil, eleven mil a year. Eleven mil for how many? A two years? two year deal for twenty four. Two year deal that's, for twenty four. That's twelve million. Because there, well, there's incentive bonuses in there, so he has to hit him to get the whole twenty four. So. <clears throat> You know, stuff I know off the top of my head. I didn't just look that up. You know how I do. You know how I do. Oh, that's some good stuff. But, yeah, they they paid Nelson Aguilar a good amount of money. They paid him for a good reason. They actually like his skill set. I, as an Eagles fan, remember when he couldn't catch a baby being thrown out of a burning building. If you've never seen that video, it was it was the game when Aguilar dropped a ball and they lost the game because of it. This dude's outside of a, of a building in Philadelphia catching babies being thrown out the window, and he says, <laughs> yeah, we wasn't dropping babies like Aguilar. <laughs> I do vaguely remember that. It was very <laughs> brutal, but also kind of correct at the time. Oh, it was fantastic. Um, but he went out to the Raiders, and you know what? He had a really good season. I thought he should have stayed because he had a lot of success there, but he got <laughs> – Nobody's going to turn down that contract and what he gave him. So <laughs> good for him. Um, but I think he'll get used. I think he'll get used. It's all about the money. Oh, it is, man. It is. Absolutely. And that's why we do this for you guys, for all of the monies. All of the monies that we are bringing to these listeners, championships that they are winning, winning championships year in, year out. That's what we do here. Tom, take us home. All right, well, should I hit him with the hail on the way out? Hail! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.